0: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, May 5th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. This morning, we're going to do something a little different. We are going to do an all-house GOP leadership lineup today. Number one, the latest developments in the effort to oust Liz Cheney. Number two, getting to know Elise Stefanik, the leading candidate to replace Cheney. And number three, what the Wall Street Journal editorial board, who we often refer to as the GOP donor paper, is saying. All right. Jake, let's talk about this effort to oust Liz Cheney. Things have been moving extremely fast in a time where it kind of seemed like, you know, for the last several weeks, Cheney was on thin ice. All of a sudden, it appears that there's a real out and out effort to get rid of her.
1: Yeah, the leadership is collapsing on her, Anna. Um, So here's some things that we're breaking this morning in in Punchbowl News AM. Uh, Number one. Let's this is the biggest news, actually, Uh, Steve Scalise, the number two House Republican, the House minority whip is backing Stefanik's bid for conference chair. This is huge. Um, The the leadership is completely imploding on Cheney, Um, and it's just it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Kevin McCarthy at this at the same time is calling was was calling yesterday potential candidates for the um, the who were thinking about getting in against Stefanik and suggesting that they stay put. That includes Jackie Walorski, the Republican from Indiana. Now let's just put a little bit of context around this. You and I have been covering this a long time. We've covered a lot of dysfunctional leadership teams. Um, This is as bad as it's, I mean, I I, I've never seen anything like this before Uh, a, a leadership team just completely imploding on itself and, and trying to push out, um one of its own. Yeah, I, to
0: your point, I think the important thing on all of this is, you know, oftentimes it's easy for us because, you know, we're following this day-to-day of, you know, kind of the ups and the downs of these drama-filled leadership teams because they are, you know, filled with people who have a lot of ambition But you rarely see someone, one, I think, become so isolated so quickly um, based on statements and kind of a position that she's taken that's, you know, uh, in line with where some Republicans are, but probably not in line, obviously, with with the vast majority of House Republicans. Uh, And I would say the second thing that's really interesting, though, is, is just the fact that you have Kevin McCarthy taking a really active role, almost always, like if you look at Speaker Nancy Pelosi. When it comes to these things, they might she she might have her fingerprints on you know where she thinks things should go, but she is not actively, almost never takes an active position or would be calling people because she wants to kind of be above the fray. You know you don't want to necessarily be putting your your finger in the wind. This that this and this day on Monday and Friday the wind's different when you're actually trying to lead that caucus.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, Anna. I mean, you, you might you we might assume that that Pelosi is behind stuff, but we would never have the evidence that we had this morning, which is um, that McCarthy is calling people. Now, I mean, we 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 should really say here just to be clear that the reason they are pushing Liz Cheney out of the leadership is because she refuses to stop talking, um, stop criticizing Trump. Um, I mean, this all started kind of last Sunday really you know a week ago last sunday so like 10 days ago mccarthy spoke about january 6th on fox News sunday uh cheney then was asked if trump should be when cheney was asked in orlando if trump should be at the uh prosecuted she said that's up to the justice department that's a statement of fact of course it's up us the up to the justice department but it's very rare to have a house leader even leave open the possibility that the that you know trump or any president of you know should be should be prosecuted um Number two, um, they uh, then uh, Cheney split with with McC- McCarthy on the January sixth commission. She said it should be full fo- focused completely on January sixth. McCarthy wants it focused on political violence. And then the third the third kind of straw um, came in, in an interview with with us with Punchbowl News when when Cheney said she would be happy uh, about. Um, she would be happy to campaign on her vote to impeach Trump, <laughs> which is like, you know, that is basically like, you know, dropping a, a stink bomb in the middle of a, of a crowd. And she just said, and so people got sick of it. And then afterwards, um, she continued to to poke and prod Trump on Twitter and, and, and frankly, tell the truth, because Trump thinks the election was stolen. Of course, it was not. Trump thinks January 6th was overstated. Of course, it was not um but you know the, the, that that's kind of what's behind all of this
0: All right, let's move on to the number two story. Elise Stefanik, the New York Republican, someone we have been tracking for quite a while, but probably isn't a household name for a lot of our listeners. Um, Just to give you a little bit of background, first elected in 2014. At the time, she was only 30, uh, the youngest woman ever elected to Congress when, when she was first in office. Now she's just 36 years old. She's a Harvard University grad. But what I find the most interesting point about Stefanik is also her kind of trajectory in the House tracks Trump's. And she came in with a lot of support from much more traditional Republicans, uh, had a big boost from a Carl Rose super PAC uh, to actually get her across the finish line in that first race, built a kind of solid conservative record but became a Trumpster, frankly, um, around the 2019 impeachment, which was really when I think a lot of people took notice of her.
1: That's right. Also, um, somebody who has been a serious policy person has served on serves on Intel uh, House Armed Services and Ed and Labor, three pretty uh, intense committees. So, you know, it's important to talk here for a second just about what this means for the leadership. I mean, this is just anytime a new figure comes into the leadership, um, it's a big deal. So Stefanik is going to take a slot that take obviously a slot presumably away from Liz Cheney. And we should say here that Cheney still needs to be ousted, which we anticipate is going to happen. The the tide has turned against her as one, as one um, uh, person said to me last night, the, the ship has sailed. Like there's no, there's no, there doesn't seem to be a way that Cheney's going to be able to hold on. So, but like, does this mean that she wants that she could be whipped? Um, Does this mean that if Republicans take back the majority, she could ascend even higher? You know, she uh, she's telling people she just wants to be conference chair, which is the job she's running for the chief messenger job. Um, and. Um, but listen, anytime someone new comes into the leadership, it changes the dynamics, changes the hierarchy, so to speak, in the house, in the house GOP or in any leadership structure. Um, and and it's just it, it for the party's leadership, for the parties. And, and, and our colleague John Bresnahan made this point. I mean. The House Republicans are moving even closer to Trump. I mean, it's kind of amazing to see, Anna. Like, there's this, like, cable news argument that, like, when is the GOP going to break? Like, they're not breaking. They're getting closer.
0: Yeah, I agree. I also think, I mean, to your point, what's going to be very interesting for Stefanik is that the the conference chair position is often seen kind of as the road to nowhere. A lot of a lot of very ambitious Pauls have gotten that position in the Republican conference, and it's kind of been the the ceiling, not the floor, to their. Um, you know, kind of political rise. I do think you, you can't discount, though, that if she does a good job, if she takes on that messaging role, if she gets comfortable in it, uh, that she could look to any position. And as much as she might say be saying now, hey, I'm just going for conference chair, exactly. that's smart. That's smart politics because that's yep. what she's running for right now. But that doesn't mean that that is the ceiling to her
1: ambition. I completely, uh, and I agree. Think I complete, I completely agree with you 100%. So it's just something to
0: watch. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the day for us. And it, I just think it's, it was important to note the Wall Street Journal. You know, Liz Cheney doesn't have a lot of friends right now that are coming forward, but the Wall Street Journal certainly seems to still be uh, backing Team Cheney.
1: Yeah, uh, if anyone's looking to the Wall Street Journal for... for. um Their cues on who to vote for here, what to do. Uh, They have weighed in. The Wall Street Journal editorial page is for uh, not ousting Liz Cheney. Uh, This used to be a bigger deal, but the the so-called Paul Street Journal, because of its close ties to Paul Ryan, um, doesn't really matter as much as it used to. So you know, I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in this anna um so it's I certainly not
0: going to change things in the, the dynamic no. in the house republican conference.
1: i mean listen it's an interesting data point right but um that's all it is to us i think i mean what, what what's your what's I your i agree
0: with that you know? i think it's interesting though because i do think the wall street journal is to your point kind of the donor paper it's the paper that a lot of the establishment republicans um you know look to and find solison i think frankly compared to where some of the republican party is that is much more trumpy than they feel comfortable with and so it's not surprising i do think it, it probably echoes a lot of the Liz Cheney supporters who have, in the days since the January 6th insurrection, cut her checks. There's been, we've written a bunch about it as well, you know, in terms of a lot of Bush, Bush uh, supporters, um, a lot of kind of the traditional Republicans coming out and supporting Cheney, because I think that's where their politics are. But it's just another example of that massive divide in the Republican Party that, to your point just a few seconds ago, is not going anywhere anytime soon. It's not as, If there's going to be some big kumbaya moment, you know, that we're 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 expecting here before the 2022 election. It's
1: like it's like it's like listening to old time radio, Anna. (laughs) It's like it's like it's it's cool as a nostalgia thing, but I don't think it means much.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.